you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski. And today was a great day. I went to Patriots training camp to watch all of the Patriots players as oh, that are on the roster, at least for right now. Um, saw Mac Jones, saw Christian Gonzalez, saw Matthew Judon, saw Juwan Bentley. I saw everybody. It was a great day. Got some great photos. I encourage you, if you have not checked it out, go to my Twitter. I posted some photos, uh, some videos from the day. It was a great little experience to be out there at Gillette Stadium at Patriots Place. So to the Patriots organization, to Jonathan, uh, to just to everybody, to Bill Belichick, um, to Robert Kraft, you know, thank you for for having not necessarily having me but you know having this sort of event uh and allowing fans to come and see what you know goes on behind behind the scenes quote unquote at practice um but that's not what we're talking about today i'm sure as you if if you have eyes and you can read which i i think is most of my listeners although i think there is a certain percentage of you i'm not going to name names or name who that cannot do this but anyways um Today's episode is about your New York football Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets. Um, obviously, there's been some controversy going on. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but this is really an episode about the Jets, about my thoughts going into the season for the Jets, and all of that good stuff. Uh, now, what I what I have to, to start out with is people might assume that Michael, because you're a Patriots fan, your view on the Jets is going to be slanted. It's going to be overly negative. It is going to be unfair. And for those of you who are new to the channel, that's incorrect. Because as people who have listened to episodes I've done in the past, I am actually, as far as Patriots fans, and just in general, I'm actually pretty pro-Jets. I'm actually what I would call favorable to the Jets. I think over the past two or three seasons, I've actually, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, predicted that the Jets would win more games than they actually did. Now, you might say, well, that's just a function of the Jets being very bad, but I actually did think over the past couple of seasons that this team, you know, had the potential to be very good, and they just didn't. Um, I digress, though. I, I like the Jets. I think they've made the, the move that they needed to make for a long time. Now, I'm a Zach Wilson believer. 
Uh, I, I was last year, and, and to a certain extent, I still think he has a future in this league. I don't think it is with the Jets, but I hope that through Aaron Rodgers, by watching him, he can really learn from Aaron and just become a better quarterback because he does have the raw talent. He has the ability to, in my opinion, be a starting level NFL caliber quarterback. I don't think he's a bust like Trey Lance. Uh, he could turn out to be, but I think he has more potential. Um, so I think it's good for the Jets, at least in the moment, that they have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who really can right the ship at the quarterback position. And hopefully, Zach Wilson can learn from this. And, you know, after after Aaron is, is gone, um, you know, after he's retired or whatever, hopefully Zach Wilson, whether that be with the Jets or another organization, can have success. Because, again, in the NFL, I'm, I'm not rooting against any of these guys. These are all incredible athletes who work extremely hard, who, you know, are, are so much better than – any of us can even think. And, you know, I don't root for anyone to fail um, like that. So, you know, I, I hope that Zach Wilson can find success uh, at, at some point in his career because I think that he does have potential. But Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for this team this season, uh, barring any injuries. And I think that when you look at the wide receiving room, it's it's pretty good. Uh, I think that especially given what Garrett Wilson was able to do last year with kind of a mismatch of quarterbacks, I think that this year, giving him a guy like Garrett Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, giving him Garrett Wilson, giving him Corey Davis, giving him Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb from, obviously, from Green Bay, I think, yeah, I think that will help um, Aaron Rodgers succeed because at the end of the day, right, he's upgrading no matter what at the wide receiver position. Last year, he had Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, but now he gets two other, I would say, a very underutilized Corey Davis in this system, and Garrett Wilson, who I think, you know, could break out this season and be one of the top wide receivers in the league. He was 12th in PFF last year, so he already had a very, very strong uh, rookie season. And I think that just generally speaking, he can be a very talented running back, uh, wide receiver, excuse me. When you look at the running backs on this team, also very, very talented. They have Brees Hall, uh, Zonovan Knight, who's very good. And, and you know, whether Michael Carter gets traded, they might end up signing Dalvin Cook. We'll see. But Brees Hall, for the time that he played last year, the first basically the seven weeks of the season, Brees Hall was one of the better running backs in the league. And he was dangerous out on the field. So, I think that when you look at this situation for Aaron Rodgers offensively, he's got a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, he's got Tyler Conklin as his tight end, which, I mean, Tyler Conklin's a, about your most average tight end in the league. He's he's not a huge downgrade from what Rodgers had in Green Bay. The offensive line, I think, is, is pretty good. Um... I think Connor McGovern's a very solid center. Elijah Vera Tucker's a, a solid guard. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, you know, he definitely had a down year last year. Uh, we'll see if he can get back to form. Um, you know, Max Mitchell, whether he's going to be the starter. 
obviously there are a lot of a lot of questions at the tackle position i think for um for this team you know whether makai becton is going to play or not Dwayne brown you know billy turner whoever it is uh, i think that that's probably the biggest cause of concern just because you don't know who's playing your tackle position for an older quarterback who's definitely less mobile than he once was um You know, I think that there's a lot of things going on, but I'm excited about this offense. I am. I think that it is an upgrade for Aaron Rodgers. I think in almost every facet, I think if you look at the wide receiver core, most certainly it is. Uh, offensive line, I think, is probably about the same. I'd say guards are probably better, but tackles maybe a little bit worse. Um and then, obviously, I think the running back position for this team, I mean, it's hard to say. I think, obviously, if they have Brees Hall and Zonovan Knight or Michael Carter or Dalvin Cook, I think that it's at least on par, if not better. So I think the offensive tools are better. Defensively, I think that the Jets are much better than the Packers were. I mean, this team is going to be much better than it was last year, too. First off, Sauce Gardner is going into his second year. He was the number one quarter cornerback on PFF last season. He's an absolute animal out on the field. Um, and he's, he's, he's really, really, really talented. Uh, and then you have Quinn and Williams, who again, had arguably his best season of his career last year. Um, John Franklin Myers, who's an, an incredibly underrated edge. Al Woods, uh, you have Carl Lawson, very solid players. You have CJ Mosley as your middle linebacker. Uh, I think that that's, Obviously going to work out well. Quincy Williams uh, looking to have an up year. Your cornerback, again, you have Sauce Gardner. You also have DJ Reed, who's had really three solid seasons in a row, placing top 25 in PFF grades in the past three seasons, including in 2021, he was eighth. So for for whatever that's worth, they have Jordan Whitehead. Um, I believe he was with... He was definitely with Tampa Bay. Was it last year or was it the year before he went came over? Yeah, so last year was his first full season. Um, you know, he didn't play great, and he wasn't unbelievable in Tampa. But again, new system, and then you have you know whoever you're going to start at safety, um, and, and then a couple other you know guys at other positions. I mean, safety position, you're probably going to go Chuck Clark. Um, and Jordan Whitehead, Adrian Amos is also there, but he'll probably be a backup. I can't imagine that he would start. Um, you know, his he's really not been very good since 2020, although that was an incredible season for him. Um, you know, linebackers, we already mentioned them: Quincy Williams, C.J. Mosley. Um, they play a four-three, so I don't really know who that third linebacker will be. Um, but they did draft. They have a couple rookies. Um, Zier Barnes, they took in the sixth round. They took Has Hamsa Nayersden in the sixth round uh, a couple years ago. And same with Jamie and Sherwood. So we'll see who that ends up being. I mean, obviously, those guys haven't cracked the roster yet. So maybe not. Um, you know, coaching wise, I think Robert Saul is a really good defensive coordinator. Uh, I think we saw that last year. Do I think he's the best NFL head coach? No, but I think he's definitely good enough 
to win a Super Bowl with. Absolutely. I don't think he's a liability at head coach. I think maybe a little bit offensively, but he's very, very good defensively. He definitely has the respect of his players. And I think he's a very good leader as well. I, you know, co actual coaching wise, play calling wise, I don't know if he's the best, but different coaches have different strengths. And I think that Robert Sala's strengths lie in his ability to just lead his team and, and just be that guy who can fire his team up and lead them to victory. I think that that's the type of guy he is. And if he can stay out of his own way a little bit and not put his foot in his mouth, I think he'll be okay. Um, if you look at, you know, Jets coaches, I think their coaching staff is actually, um, I think it's fairly good, right? Jeff Ulbrich, I mean, he's been, you know, I think he's been their defensive coordinator for so long. Obviously, you know, you have Robert Sala as your defensive head coach, so there's a little bit difference there. But I think the key addition this offseason was Nathaniel Hackett. I do. As much as I maligned Nathaniel Hackett last season for being just really, really bad. Um, really, really bad at his job. Uh I think that this system is going to work very, very well with Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator because he's worked with Aaron Rodgers in the past. And I think that what we saw from him last season in Denver was simply a man who was overwhelmed with responsibility, overwhelmed with just everything. And I think he just wasn't in control of the situation that was, a you know, just happening around him. I don't think he could do anything. It's It got to a point where I don't think he could do anything. Do I think he's at fault for what happened with that team last season? Absolutely. Of course I do. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett is the coach. And when you're the coach, it's on you to make sure that certain things happen. It's on you to make sure that plays get in. It's on your shoulders to make sure that team is prepared, that your team is winning. You know, all these things. I mean, as a coach... Yeah, it is your responsibility. I'm not saying it's all on you, but it's your job to get those things done. And and for what it's worth, yeah, I mean, he did not do those things and he did not do them well. I mean, he didn't even do them on average, which I thought was kind of surprising just given the fact that, I mean, this is a guy who had a lot of success with Aaron in Green Bay. I thought that he would make that transition to Denver very nicely and it didn't happen. But now that he's back in a coordinator role, a role which at, the, at this point in time, I feel like he's very, very well fit for. I think that this team is going to succeed. Um, you know, if you look at the comments that Sean Payton made, I, I mean, just, I mean, I think the, the word that comes to mind is just disrespectful, just disrespectful. I mean, there was really no reason to lay into Nathaniel Hackett as hard as he did. I mean, Sean already has the job, right? Sean, everyone knows that Sean is a very good head coach. I mean, there was just no reason to say any of that. You could have said, you know, there were some things last year that just didn't work. Um, and so, you know, we're in the process of changing those and, and and making sure that the way the system is run this year is, is running more smoothly. And everyone would have heard that and said, you know, that's true. Everyone said, you know what, that is true. 
right? You're not really necessarily attacking. You're answering the question. But to kind of go into Nathaniel Hack and, and say the things he did, um, you know, I know he apologized, but for Sean Payton, who, who – Has as 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 much experience as he does, um, as a head coach. To say those things, I just I don't know how you. I don't even know how you. Why why you would say one of the things? That, I mean, you said one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. You know, it's one of those things where. Sometimes you don't have to say something because it's obvious. Everyone already knows it. It's like when you walk outside and the sun's shining and you say, oh, look, the sun is out. Like you don't need to say things that are obvious. People, everyone around the NFL, you know, reporters, players, coaches, GMs, executives, front office, uh, sports comment, people who comment on sports, um, people like me all knew it. I mean, it was obvious. We've seen all the players. You've seen, you know, when Peyton Manning was trying to call for a timeout live on air on ESPN2. We all saw that. That wasn't exactly uh, something that didn't happen, some, something that no one saw. We all saw that. So Sean Payton saying all that stuff, I mean, it just it's just disrespectful. You know, I, I think we all understand that Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think that he is – um, I think he feels bad about the job that he did last year. I mean, wouldn't you, if, if you've devoted your entire life to football and you finally get a chance to be a head coach and, and not only do you just do a bad job, but you arguably do maybe one of the worst jobs that any first year head coach has ever done to get fired in your opening season, not even make it through a full season. Um, he, he obviously feels bad. And just to, to say those types of things, it's just uncalled for. And I know people, you are like, oh, Sean Payne's firing shot. Like, there's no need. And I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers was right to stick out for him. I think that's good. I thought it showed team unity. Um, and and I, and I think this Jets team will definitely be a little bit invigorated by it, you know, to, to show that Nathaniel Hackett, especially Aaron Rodgers, I think, especially because they have obviously have a close relationship, uh, to kind of show up the Jets and show up the rest of the NFL and especially the, when they do play the Jets, I think that that will be a big storyline going into the game. And it's not like Sean Payton, you know, A, he's done extremely bad things in his NFL career. I mean, he got suspended for Bounty Gate. Don't let anyone ever, you know, let you forget that. Um, and amongst other things, you know, he had up and down moments as a head coach too. So, you know, some people are better at their jobs than others, but he shouldn't have said those things. But I think, you know, the last thing we have to talk about is Aaron Rodgers and what he means to this team. First off, he took a pay cut. I think that's huge. Aaron Rodgers, you know, not necessarily my opinion, but definitely has come off like a diva in the past. I think that you know, a lot of people would agree with that. I'm not saying he is a diva, but I think that people do see him in that sort of way, see him as the type of quarterback who wants to get paid, who definitely wants to win, but you know, is a bit quirky, a bit odd in some certain ways. Uh, you know, obviously going into the hopeful to contemplate retirement, you know, and I think since he's gone to New York, we've seen a change. First off, taking a pay cut is huge. Taking a pay cut says, I want to win and I don't care if I get paid less. That's, that is what you are saying, 
right? Why did Tom Brady win so many Super Bowls? A part of the reason why he, he took a pay cut to let some other guys get some more money so that the team could be just a little bit better or that the good guys they already had could get paid what they felt that they deserved. And Aaron Rodgers, by the way, just did the same thing. He took a page out of the Brady playbook and said, listen, at the end of the day, I already have enough money, right? If I get 25 more million dollars, it's not going to mean as much to me as if I can win another Super Bowl, right? That's essential, or at least compete in one. The AFC is a competitive, competitive, competitive league. I mean, conference-wise, you compare the AFC to the NFC right now, just in terms of quarterbacks, it's unbelievable who you have in the AFC. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Rodgers, Herbert, right? Those guys are elite talents. I mean, they are unbelievable. You have Trevor Lawrence, right? You have Ryan Tannehill, who I think is pretty good. You have Mac Jones, who I think will play very, very well this season, given the system that he's in. Um, I, you know, you also have, you know, Lamar Jackson, who offers a lot of different things at the quarterback position. You have Deshaun Watson and Kenny Pickett. I mean, maybe not, you know, some of these guys aren't, you know, absolutely unbelievable. But, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the worst quarterbacks in your conference, I, I think you've got a pretty good case to be one of the best conferences in quarterbacks-wise in NFL history. You compare this conference to the NFC, you got Kirk, you got Jalen, uh, you know, Kyler's going to be injured this year. I guess you got Geno, maybe Dak, uh, maybe Daniel Jones. But the, the, the difference between the two conferences is sizable. So I think what's important to know is that Aaron Rodgers took a pay cut because he wants to win, and he knows that AFC is competitive. AFC is so competitive that there is going to be a team with a good quarterback, a couple teams with good quarterbacks, who will not make the playoffs this year. It's just a fact. So him taking a pay cut's good. He's also, I think, become, you know, he's made a lot of things less about him. It's It doesn't feel like Aaron Rodgers is always talking about Aaron Rodgers or possibility of retirement. It feels like Aaron Rodgers is focused on football. It feels like he's focused on success. It's learning the playbook, bonding with teammates, anything that a good quarterback should be doing. So that, again, is another very good sign. So, you know, broadly speaking, from what I've seen, very good signs from the Jets right now. Obviously, you know, they're in a tough division. But I think that with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this team should win 10 games. I mean, I think that that is... I think that that's the mark. I think that if they don't win 10 games a season, you almost have to call it a, a, a failure within the organization. Um, obviously, the goal is the Super Bowl. I don't think a Super Bowl or bust, though. I mean, again, this conference is so competitive that, I mean, who knows what could, what can happen. Again, you have... Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in this conference. You have Josh Allen in your division. You're going to see him twice a year. You got Justin Herbert. You got a lot of good teams with a lot of good quarterbacks. So it's not necessarily a given that when you get to the playoffs, you're going to make the Super Bowl or anything like that. You've got to win those games, and it's going to be very, very tough. So, you know, to, to kind of conclude, obviously we'll come back to the Jets in a couple weeks. We'll discuss the scheduling and maybe stuff like that. Um, I'm optimistic about the Jets' season. I think that they are a very well-built team. I like their coaching. I like their the players. I like their role players. I like their skill players. And I really, really like their quarterback. And I think that they're going to be a very special team this season. 
And if they can make it work, they might start a little bit slow. But I think that you'll see that this team, by the second half of the season, hopefully is going to be really gelling. And I think that they're going to be a dangerous team. And I think that they will make the playoffs. Those are my predictions for the Jets. Thank you all for listening to another episode of The Master Plan. I hope you have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line. Or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguodala.